0: Welcome everyone, this is Russ of Chronicles of the End Times. So good to be with you today. I hope you're doing well as we get close to Christmas. We're going to be talking about the first coming of Jesus Christ and how it reflects on his second coming, on the probabilities of all these prophecies being fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Exciting stuff. Also today, Lighthouse Productions is going to be offering to the first 25 people to respond a free audiobook of the search for christmas it's a full production i know you'll really really enjoy it and we're also going to be giving away di hennessy's audiobook of within and without time that's book one of his series so stay tuned for how to download those for free as a gift from lighthouse productions so let's get to it Here's a clear word from the Lord in Isaiah chapter 45. He says, I am God and there is none else. I am God and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from the ancient times the things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. That is the Almighty God declaring that He knows the beginning from the end. And it's to God's glory, and it's how we can give God glory by sharing these prophecies and showing how God is in complete control. And as he says in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 12, I watch over my word to perform it. He makes sure it takes place. Everybody talks about odds today, but what's the odds that all this could take place? that this person, Jesus Christ, could be born in the way that he was born, and he would be the Savior of the world, that he would come through certain line, that he would be born in a certain place, and the circumstances around that place, and what would happen in his life. Let's take a look at some numbers. I'm going to read a little something from this Dr. Olynthius Gregory. He was a professor of mathematics in Cambridge University. He says this, suppose that there were only 50 prophecies in the Old Testament instead of 333 concerning the first advent of Christ, giving details of the coming Messiah and all meet in the person of Jesus. The probability of chance fulfillment as calculated by mathematicians according to the theory of probabilities is less than one in one hundred and twenty-five quadrillion. That's a lot of numbers. Just in case you're interested, that's 16 digits. And that's only the 50 prophecies, not the 333. He goes on to say, "'Add two more elements to these 50 prophecies "'and fix the time and the place at which they must happen. "'The immense improbability that these take place by chance— exceeds the power of human understanding. Wow. And he's not considering the 333 specific prophecies about the coming of Christ. Only 50. So let's look at a few of them. I find this amazing, and it builds my faith, and I believe it'll do the same for you. The coming of Christ is the central theme of the Bible. Whether you're talking about the first coming or the second coming, everything is around Jesus Christ. The whole Bible centers around him coming the first time and coming the second time. He must come as the seed of a woman. He was to crush Satan's head. And as the seed of Abraham and the seed of David, he was to come from the tribe of Judah. He was to come at a specific time, to be born of a virgin at Bethlehem of Judea. Great persons were to visit him and adore him. Through the rage of a jealous king, innocent children were to be slaughtered. He was to be preceded by a forerunner, John the Baptist before entering his public ministry. That is just a few. Jesus declared it himself. Abraham saw my day. Moses wrote of me, he says in John chapter 5. In the beginning of his ministry, after reading to the people in the synagogue of Capernaum, the important messianic prophecy in Isaiah 61, when all the eyes were fastened on him, he said, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. After his resurrection, While talking to his two disciples on the Emmaus Road, he began at Moses. He expounded on the scriptures about himself. These are the words I spoke to you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. That was in Luke 24. Let's look at the lineage. Let's look what God did and how he watched over his word for the birth of his son. Everything was planned right from the beginning. God eliminated half of the human race by telling us that his son would be of the seed of a woman. We don't think of that today. Biology tells us that, well, that's the seed of a man. But no, this was the seed of a woman. This was conceived by the Holy Spirit. It says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. It shall crush your head and you shall bruise his heel. That is a declaration of what Jesus did on the cross and what he had given us new life and dominion over evil. Eve completely understood what he was saying. She heard the prophecy. And there's remarkable evidence in Genesis 4.1 that this promise in Genesis 3.15 was well understood by Adam and Eve. For at the birth of her first son, Eve said, I have obtained the man, even the Lord she thought she had given birth to the messiah but little did she know that many centuries had to pass and lots of times we get promises from god and we believe they're going to happen overnight or well, we hope they're going to happen overnight but god has his timing in his perfect time these things will be accomplished in your life and in my life god does not forget he has the plan he is lord we're not and as we trust in him, we'll have peace in that. He cares for us more than anyone can. That's where we get our peace from. We find that in Galatians 4, four it says, But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman. Paul testifies to that in the book of Galatians. So now we know he's going to come, and he's going to come by the seed of a woman. So next, God has to eliminate two-thirds of the nations. So, how does he do that? We know about the flood. We know about how all those people were destroyed. And so now God's back. Now he's only got eight people to choose from. And he chooses the son of Noah and he chooses Shem. And here's something really cool. In Genesis 9 26, he said, Blessed be Jehovah, the God of Shem. And then in verse 27, he says, God will enlarge Japheth, that's his other son, and will dwell in the tents of Shem. I love the way that's put. He will dwell in the tents of Shem. You remember how Paul talks about these bodies? He talks about them as tents, and our spirit is dwelling within these tents. And he was talking about he couldn't wait to get that tent off and be housed in his new one. As we look at the Gospel of John, in the very first chapter, John says, God was made flesh and tabernacled among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. So here John is talking about he tabernacled with us, he became flesh like you and me, and he walked among us, the Word of God, God Himself. I love that. So we see Shem is in the line of the Messiah. So then the Lord had to pick a nation, and that's where Abraham came in. He picked Abraham, and he told Abraham, to leave the country he was in and go to a land that he was going to show him. He said, I will make thee a great nation, and I will bless you, and you shall be a blessing. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Unto you and your seed, I'm going to give you this land. And that's the land of Canaan. As we look at the news today, and we see the war in Israel, and we see the war raging on, and Hamas still threatening, and Hezbollah and all the rest, threatening Israel, Iran, the surrounding nations. They want to see Israel wiped out, but that's not their land. God gave that land to Abraham. So 1,500 years before Christ, Abraham got those promises. And to move along quickly, we see that those same promises were given to Isaac. Those same promises were given to Jacob. And the line continues. And then Jacob had 12 sons. But that line was continued through Judah. In Psalm 78, it says, Moreover, he refused the tabernacle of Joseph and chose not the tribe of Ephraim, but chose the tribe of Judah. Once again, you see that word tabernacled. I just think that's so important. That's so cool. He said, he refused the tabernacle of Joseph and chose not the tribe of Ephraim, but chose the tribe of Judah. So he was going to tabernacle. He was going to live through this line, through Judah. And then we know from there that Jesse, the father of David, is mentioned in the Bible. and said, he shall come forth out of the stem of Jesse. A branch shall grow out of his roots, and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. And so from the root of Jesse to David. So now it became obvious that the Messiah had to be out of the son of David according to the flesh. And Jesus was. Now here's an interesting note, and I think we can leave off with this today. During Bible times, every Jew could trace his genealogy. These records were kept in the cities, and they were public property. Each one's genealogical record constituted his title, his farm, or his home, really his whole identity. And these national records were kept careful until the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 AD. This is an interesting fact. During the time just prior to the burning of the temple in 70 AD, all the prophets, the false prophets of the Jews, were running around saying, God is going to deliver us. God is going to sweep in. He's going to destroy Rome and make Israel the center of the earth once again. You can read about this in Josephus and his writings. He says that they were all gathered together. These prophets told them all to get all their stuff, all their important documents, all their staffs, and all the things that they held, all their genealogy and all their identity. He told them, bring it into the temple because God was going to do a miracle. But these prophets were wrong. And there was only one prophet who roamed Jerusalem in the middle of the night, and he cried out for them to repent because God was going to bring judgment and they ended up killing that prophet and listening to the false prophets. And because of that, when the temple burnt down, all their genealogy, all their records were destroyed. So that tells us that if all this that we've just read, how important it was, who was coming, who, what was the messianic line, and how important it was to identify this Messiah when he comes, was now destroyed. So common sense tells us that Jesus had to come before 70 AD, before the temple was destroyed, because there's a lot of scriptures that talk about Jesus coming to the temple. And it's interesting here in the last days that we talk about a third temple being built, and it will be built. It's prophesied to be built where the Antichrist will enter and declare himself the Messiah. What a shame that Israel missed their Messiah when he came the first time. But their failing has been a blessing to the nations of the world. But they will be redeemed through this time of tribulation that's coming up. So the true Messiah has already come and gone, and he's coming again. It's amazing to read so many prophecies that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem, that he would be called a Nazarene, that he will be called out of Egypt. I mean, when you put all this together... When Herod decided, out of frustration and fear, to kill all the babies two years and younger, that's when Joseph and Mary fled with Jesus to Egypt. And they didn't come back until the angel appeared to them and told them it was okay to come back, that Herod was dead. Isn't it amazing? Even at the birth of Christ in Bethlehem was arranged by God because of the taxation. And did you know that that taxation was called four years earlier? And was supposed to happen earlier, you can look it up in your history. But the Jews protested to such a degree that they went to Rome and they protested and this went on and on and on until they lost their battle and the taxation began. And by the time the tax collectors and the accountants of Rome got to Bethlehem, Jesus was born. So all the people had to come to Bethlehem to register for the taxation. God has got everything in control. And I just want to encourage you today that this same God that prophesied that Jesus would come on a certain time, in a certain moment, in a certain way, he's coming again. And at the appointed time, he will break through the skies. But once again, he's dealing with Israel. And this time, he's going to bring them through the fire because he's a keeper of his promises. I want to thank so many of you who have been so faithful to the podcast through the years. And Lord willing, we're going to continue on and follow this war and follow these current events. And we have a lot of upheaval in America. So many things are going on. We don't want to talk about the negative today. We want to kind of stay on the positive. I want to remind you that go to Lighthouse Stage Productions. That's LighthouseStageProductions.com. And click on the Search for Christmas audiobook and Within and Without Time by D.I. Hennessy, his audiobook. It's awesome. You will be taken to awesound.com, who handles all our audiobooks. Make your choice at checkout, put in the discount code. Type in podcast friends, uppercase P, and the $7.99 price will turn into zero. And that's your ticket to get a free audiobook an $8 value and i know you're going to love it so go to lighthousestageproductions.com and the first 25 to respond can get two free audiobooks both full cast productions you'll love it so don't delay lighthousestageproductions.com god bless this is russ Galser for chronicles of the end times merry christmas god bless keep looking up the king's coming